الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن والثناء الجميل وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه والتابعين لهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد وإن الشرح and the explanation of the kitab منظومة البيقونية Last week we spoke about the statement of the author where he spoke about the mu'an'an where he said mu'an'anun ka'an sa'idin an karam wa mubhamun ma fihi rawin lam yusam So we mentioned the mu'an'an and the mu'annan we said they're both the same and what we said that the mu'an'an is when a narrator in the hadith transmits a narration with the usage of the word an. When he uses the word an. And we said that this is called tadlis. What the narrator is doing here, Ahlul Ilm of hadith, the people of hadith, they call this tadlis. Okay, they call this what? They call it a tadlis. And the word tadlis, it means ikhfa'ul aib. It is to conceal a, a, a problem in the chain. So the word tadlis, it means what? Tadlis means. Tadlis means. It is to conceal a mistake. So they call it this. It's to conceal a mistake that's present inside the chain. Faida, a side benefit. Pay attention. If you were to travel to China for this benefit, it would be worth it. Meaning if you travel the other side of the world for it, this is a benefit that's really a great benefit for you. And the reason I say that is because it's connected to the greatest book after the Qur'an. Ala wa huwa Sahih al-Bukhari. Al-Imam al-Bukhari, rahimahullah, and his colleague, uh, and his uh, teacher, and his teacher, Al-Imam al-Bukhari is teacher, and him, held the opinion strongly that the individual who does tadlis we all know tadlis right it's when a narrator throws someone out of the chain and he uses the word an we all know it right we took that last lesson it's when the narrator who's narrating the hadith he uses the word an and gets rid of someone out of the chain. And don't worry, inshallah, the types of tadlis, we're going to come to that. But it's an, a person who does tadlis. Ibn, Ibn al-Madini, Ali ibn al-Madini, and al-Imam al-Bukhari, they took an opinion, a view, that the person if he narrates from someone else 
and he uses the word an. What does he use? He uses the word an. They do not accept his hadith unless the following conditions are met. This is Bukhari and his teacher Ali ibn al-Madini. And that condition is they both have to have met one another. There has to be some evidence to indicate that they met one another. And how can that evidence be brought about? It can be brought about by another chain where this same person said, so-and-so told me. Because he's not a liar. Huh? So we now know they met one another. Good. As for the overwhelming majority of the A'immatul Hadith and the forefront of this being Al-Imam Muslim they said if a narrator uses the word An and there is no evidence that they met one another but they did live at the same era or they lived at the same time and there, there is a high speculation that they both could have met one another because either they lived in the same land or they're traveling, they crossed one another. But there's no evidence to really show that they met one another. This chain will be accepted. Are we all together? Al-Imam al-Bukhari al-Sani'ah was this. And Muslim al-Sani'ah, the doing of Muslim was this. وَلِذَلِكَ Muslim At the introduction of his sahih, he's bringing a consensus on his opinion. He said, my opinion is a consensus. And the other opinion held by Bukhari and Ali ibn al-Madini is a strange, out-of-place, incorrect opinion that they hold. That bringing an extra condition. مَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ بِهَا مِنْ سُلْطَانِ are we all together? And rather, even if you look at the way Muslim speaks about this person he's refuting, scholars, they mention who, who, many different names. But the person that Muslim is refuting here, he's using very harsh words. And I remember when I went to India, I, one of the mashayikhs that I met there, he mentioned to me and he told me that this could not be a refutation to Imam al-Bukhari. Muslim has very nice statements regarding Bukhari. Muslim. Are we all together? Do you understand what I'm saying? If you open Sahih Muslim at the beginning, there's a muqaddimah, right? Sahih Muslim has a muqaddimah, has an introduction, صح? If you open the introduction of Sahih Muslim, Muslim is refuting a person who holds the opinion of Bukhari and Ali ibn al-Madini. Muslims refuting that. And he's not only refuting, but he's actually refuting it with harsh words. So some scholars alluded to it being who? Al Imam al Bukhari. Bukhari is refuting Bukhari here. The wordings he's using cannot be possible that he's talking about Al Imam al Bukhari. Because Al Imam Muslim 
he referred to Bukhari in great esteem. He respected him greatly. He said great things about him. To then speak about him like this is very far-fetched. But what it could be possible is that he's speaking about Ali ibn al-Madini. That he's talking about him in this view. So the view of Muslim is a narrator uses the word an. If these two people lived at the same time, we will accept that hadith. I'm going to accept it. Muslim is saying that. Bukhari on the other side and Ali ibn al-Madini are saying, if a narrator uses the word an, it is not enough that these two people lived at the same time. We have another condition that we want, which is what? The second condition that we have is they both have to have met one another and we have to have evidence that they met one another. Okay? Again, the individual that we're talking about that's using the an, the individual that we're talking about that's using the an, of course, cannot be a mudallis. They're not talking about a person who's a mudallis. They're talking about a person who's using a mudallis. Because the person who's a mudallis, of course, he's going to throw that person out. They know that he will. Because that's what he does. Are we? Are we? Ah. So when you, look at it from a, when you look at it from that perspective, who's actually more stronger? Bukhari's condition is stronger. That's why Bukhari is more authentic than Muslim in that regard. Because his condition is more harder and what he's conditioning. Okay? And inshallah ta'ala, don't worry, we're going to come to examples. And inshallah ta'ala, when he speaks Bayquni, he's going to bring it. We're going to come to that. He's going to mention it soon, inshallah ta'ala. Now we're going to, we also spoke about in last lesson, mubham. We said mubham, it means, It is something that became, that's something that's unclear for us, whether it been in the chain or the wording of the hadith. We all know the hadith consists of two things, right? A hadith consists of two things. The first thing is sanad. A chain. And the second one is a what? A metan. Together, that's called the hadith, right? The sanad is the chain it comes to, and the metan is the wording of the Prophet so the mubham can happen in the senate and the mubham can happen in the, uh, the wording of the Prophet And an example of mubham in the senate, we mentioned it last time, which is Hadith Rafi' ibn Khadijin An Ammi Rafi' ibn Khadijin is saying, who is a companion, by the way, he say, it's say the hadith is saying, an ammihi from his uncle. So Rafi ibn Khadij is narrating from who? From his uncle. Now here we want to know, Rafi ibn Khadij has many uncles. Which one is it? This one. This, the, and remember, his uncle is the one who is transmitting the narration. Sahih. This is called 
Mubhamusanad. In the chain, there is an ambiguous person, a person we don't know. But because this person who's unknown is a companion, and the way that we know it's a companion is the son is a companion. So the uncle is going to be a companion. صح? We don't care which uncle of his it is, we're still going to accept it. Because the ambiguity of a companion does not harm. Why does it not harm? Because the default position is that the companions are all reliable. Okay? But anyone other than the companions, we want to know who they are. Because we want to check them, their integrity, their reliability. Even Ibn Hajar Asqalani in Bulughul Maram, he says, A man who accompanied the Prophet he said, Who is this man? It's ambiguous, isn't it? But because we know, but because we've been informed that he's a companion, okay, he's a what? He's a companion. Knowing who exactly this companion is, are we all together? And I, I give you sometimes hadiths that, and I'll be speaking about that soon. There are many hadiths we accept that are from another companion, but we don't know which companion it is. Like, for example, Abdullah ibn Abbas. When Abdullah ibn Abbas spoke about the, resent, the descending of the revelation, how old was Ibn Abbas when the Prophet migrated from Mecca? Ibn Abbas was three years old. How old was he? Ibn Abbas was only three when the Prophet migrated from Mecca. So Ibn Abbas was only three, 13 years old when the Prophet died. How old? The alim that you're seeing of this ummah, habru hadhi ummah, Turjuman al-Qur'an ibn Abbas The Prophet died when he was only 13 And he was in his teens When Umar used to sit him in the gatherings Of the, in the, the He was a member of parliament Ibn Abbas as a teen He was a member of parliament As a teen he could put his opinions forward in regards to issues. He was sitting with the likes of Abdurrahman ibn Awfin and Uthman ibn Affan and Ali ibn Abi Talib ibn Abbas. Because of his ilm and his knowledge. The poet, he said, How many people were young in age? But the elder ones needed him. He's young, small, Allah bestowed his mercy onto this young child. Then the senior elders, they started to need him. Ibn Abbas was like that. Now, Ibn Abbas, he spoke about narrations. We know he wasn't there. He didn't know it. Like the descending of the revelation. Ibn Abbas is telling us how the revelation came down on the Prophet and how the Prophet was like when the revelation came down on him. And he's in Bukhari. Bukhari brings it in Kitab al-Badil Wahi. Ibn Abbas, you weren't there. So who, have he, who did he hear it from? Huh? He heard from another companion whose name he's hidden from you. The ambiguity of another companion does not harm us. It doesn't harm us. Are we all together? 
Ibn Abbas heard from another companion. The other companion is reliable regardless whether we know his name or not. Because who gave the Sahaba's tazkiyah? Allah Azza wa Jalla. It's what Allah gave them, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we have to believe that they are all reliable. And the second type of ibham is ibhamun fil matni. There's ambiguity in the matan, in the wording of the hadith. And this is the famous one, anna rajulan qala ya rasulallahi. A man said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Al-Hajj kulla amin. Is Hajj every year? Do you have to do it every year? That particular wording of the hadith says a man said this to the Prophet. This man is mubham. But we know that when we go to other chains, we know who this companion is. His name is Al-Aqra ibn Habis. Huh? Is Aqra ibn Habis. But even if we didn't know who this companion is, we would still what? We'll say the hadith because this is within the chain, it was, sorry, within the wording of the hadith. The wording of the hadith. Okay? And there's a kitab I. I uh, it's called Al Mubhamul Matan. Mubhamul Matan. The first one is Mubhamul Sanad, and the second one is Mubhamul Matan. And there's a kitab I encourage you if you want to. Get the names of these narrators in hadith. You want to find who they are. A lot of times, Ja'a imra'atun ila Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam faqalat. A woman came to the Prophet, she said. A man came to the Prophet, he said. Sometimes you want to know who this person is. So this kitab written by Khatib al-Baghdadi, he called it Al-Asma' al-Mubhama. Names which are ambiguous fi al-Anba'i al-Muhkama. And what he did was, every individual whose name was mentioned, he went out of his way. To investigate who this particular individual is. <coughs> so the man who said to the Prophet Al-Hajj uh, is every year? Khatib al-Baghdadi followed up other chains to find out who was it. Because in other chains, someone might choose to name him. And another chain, the narrator might avoid narrating, mentioning who he is and say, a man came to the Prophet. Huh? So what he did is that he brings the ambiguous chain or the ambiguous um, narrator, and then he tells you at the bottom who that person is. So it's good to... Um, also, Ibn Bashkawal has a kitab called Gawamid al-Asma'il Mubhama. It's also this... Lakin Khatib al-Baghdadi, he is an ayah in this science, amazement in this science of hadith. Now we're going to go into another statement of the author, which is said, Now we're going to go into a mas'ala, which is called Hadith Al-Isnad. The author now goes into another type of Hadith, which is Ali Al-Isnad. What does Ali Al-Isnad mean? It is a hadith where the chain of the narration has become short between you and the Prophet Like for example, Al-Imam Al-Bukhari, what does he have? Bukhari has thulathiyat. Thulathiyat means there are three people between him and the Prophet. 
Are we all together? Al-Imamu Ahmad ibn Hanbal had thulathiyat. Lakin al-Imamu Muslim didn't have thulathiyat. The shortest chain in Sahih Muslim is how much? Yeah? The shortest chain in Imam Muslim is four. Rubaiyat. <coughs> Muslim could have had a short chain of narration. He could have. If he narrated from Abdullah ibn Maslamat al-Qa'anabi. But the reason why Muslim didn't take that chain, that thulathiyat, he could have. If he went through Abdullah ibn Maslamat al-Qa'anabi, because Abdullah ibn Maslamat al-Qa'anabi is Muslim's oldest teacher. And Abdullah ibn Salamat al-Qa'anabi is the student of Imam Malik. And he's one of the ruwat of the Muwatta. Abdullah ibn Salamat al-Qa'anabi. Muslim could have narrated from him and his chain could have been a thulathiyat. <coughs> but the reason why he didn't do it is because the person that Qa'anabi narrated from was Salamat ibn Wardan. And Salamat ibn Wardan was someone Muslim saw as a question mark. <coughs> so he left that chain and he went for the Ruba'iyat. Are we all together? Muslim, his shortest chain is four. And Bukhari's one is how much? Three. So Bukhari has an Ali Sanad, right? Hadith which chain is Ali, meaning it's short. It's very, very short. And the Aimatul Hadith, they used to really like this. They used to like to do this. Meaning, if Muhammad, for example, here, narrated from someone, and he took an ijazah from someone, and the person who he took an ijazah from is alive, would I want to go to Muhammad? I would, just in case I'm scared that that person might die. So I would narrate from Muhammad. I'll take the ijazah from him. But I'll also try my best to go to his shaykh. To get rid of him. Are we all together? Because the people of Hadith, they really loved being closer to the Prophet ﷺ. And there are many reasons why being closer to the Prophet ﷺ benefits. Number one, the more closer you are, the less chances of you make, mentioning a weak narration. But the more the narrator becomes, the chances of it being weak is high. Huh? Second is that you want to show that you lived at a time when you're close to the Prophet ﷺ. So, now, for example, Muslim has narration sometimes seven. So seven, that's seven generations, you could say, if each person is considered to be a hundred years. Yeah? Or even, let's say, it's six generations. That's more than the Bukhari's timing. A long, that's something very high for him. Yeah? So the Senate being short is highly respected. So what's the hadith that's short called? It's called Ali al-Isnad. And the hadith with the chain is a bit longer, it's called Nazil al-Isnad. Nazil al-Isnad. <coughs> but does this have anything to do with hadith being sahih or da'if? No. This is just preference and beautification of the hadith and whatnot it has nothing to do with the authentication of a hadith 
The author then said, Rahimahullah, he said, وَمَا أَضَفْتَهُ إِلَى الْأَصْحَابِ مِنْ قَوْلٍ وَفِعْلٍ فَهُوَ مَوْقُوفٌ زُكِينٌ We're now going to go into attributing a speech and an action to a companion. Remember, someone mentioned it in the class and I said, don't worry, he's going to bring it. We mentioned if a speech and an action and a consent or even an attribute is ascribed to the Prophet what is it called? Marfu'ah. What about if a speech or an action is attributed to a tabi'i? What is it called? It's called maqtu' right? What about if a speech or an action or a consent is attributed to a sahabi? What is it called? Mawquf. He's bringing it now. It's called mawquf. Mawquf is um, that which is attributed to a companion, whether it be a speech, an action, or a consent. A speech, for example, is the statement of Ali ibn Abi Talib where he said, Tell the people that which they can fathom, they can take in. That which I can comprehend. Aturiduna, do you want and you kadab Allah wa Rasul? Do you want the people to disbelieve in Allah and His Messenger? Do you want them to disbelieve in Allah and the Messenger? Tell the people what their minds can take. What does that mean? It means that a person took Islam. He said, Ashadu Allah ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna Muhammadan Rasulullah. He's a new Muslim. Right now, this new Muslim, there are things that are essential and important for him. Okay? He's a Mubtadi, he just came into Islam. You tell him the tawheed that he needs and the shirk that he needs to stay away from. You need to teach him, this is salah, you need to pray. Lakin it is wrong for you to say, اختلف العلماء وفي المسألة قولان. In this issue, there's two views. It's like, oh, I just took Islam. Why? Isn't Islam one? Isn't the religion not one? Huh? Is the religion not one? Why, why did these people differ? What was what is, what is this difference of opinion? I, I don't understand. You bring shukuk to his heart. Are you with me, brothers? He's a new Muslim. You just say, look, salam, brother, there's Dhuhr, there's Asr, there's Maghrib, there's Isha, and there's Fajr. Dhuhr comes in this time, Asr comes in this time, Maghrib comes in this time, Isha comes in this time, uh, Maghrib comes in this time, Isha comes in this time. Okay, good? You now know. When you pray, you raise your hand, you do this. Hakada. You can't say the Malikiya believe that this is how you put your hands. The Shafi'iya, they say this. He's going to say, you guys follow other than the Prophet. That's why I left the church. The priest, the Pope. Does it make sense? His brain cannot fathom how this all works. So what you tell people is what their minds can comprehend. He's right now a new person into Islam. And so you speak to him on that basis. And you tend to find people do that. A person is new to Islam and automatically when it comes to ins- into Islam, they are bringing masail la'urda bihi Umar. If these issues were presented to Umar, la'shawara bihi ahl al-Badr. He would have consulted the people of Badr. Umar would have consulted the people of Badr and said, what do you guys think about this issue? This individual will bring it to a new, bo- new, new Muslim and say this is... And not only new Muslim, a new practicing person who's just new into Islam, he will... Uh, he will uh, bring these issues to them. 
So this is what the statement of Ali ibn Abi Talib means. Hadithun nasa bima ya'arifun. Tell the people that which they can, can understand, their mind can comprehend. Do you want Allah and His Messenger to be disbelieved in? Abdullah ibn Sa'ud said something else. He said, مَا أَنْتَ بِمُحَدِّثٍ قَوْمًا حَدِيثًا لَا تَبْلُغُ عُقُولُهُمْ إِلَّا كَانَ لِبَعْضِهِمْ فِتْنَةٍ That you do not tell a people a thing that their brains cannot comprehend. Mus'ud is more even clearer in what he said. He said, لَسْتَ بِمُحَدِّثٍ قَوْمًا حَدِيثًا لَا تَبْلُغُ عُقُولُهُمْ Their brains cannot comprehend this. إِلَّا كَانَ لِبَعْضِهِمْ فِتْنَةٍ It becomes a fitna for them. صح? I remember one time, um, a brother was talking to a, a, new, a, a new Muslim and he was explaining things to him and it, he was talking to him about uh, the issue of uh, Safiyyah and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and nowadays you're finding that issue as well a person is taking Islam straight away the issue of the age that the Prophet married Aisha this person doesn't need to know these shubhat and then there's no need for you to explain these things to him tell him a tawheed tell him about the Salah that he needs to pray. Are we all together, brothers? It's Amrun in Akas. It's everything upside down. So these shubhas are brought and then they're dealt with. It doesn't work like that. And even if you look at the Prophet Sallallahu tariqah of da'wah, it was never, his way wasn't وسلم, to even attack the Christians and their scripture. He never ever said to the Torah in the Injil, bring your books. This is a mistake, this is a mistake, this is a mistake, this is a mistake. Are we all together? The minute you put a person into an attack mode, what do they do? They're repulsive in accepting your message. Now they're defending themselves. Rather when the Prophet the Jews brought the Prophet the Torah, what did the Prophet do to the Torah? What did he do? The Prophet took a pillow and he put it on the ground and he put the Torah on top of that pillow. And then he said to them, what does the Torah say about this issue? Knowing that, that this, this mas'ala that's in our religion is in the Torah as well. So he said, okay, you, not, you won't take this, but what did the Torah say to you guys? And the man, he put his finger on the Torah. He wants to hide it, sah? Are we all together, brothers? Why all of this? Why did he put it on a, on a pillow? And why did he put it like that? Sah? So if you attack a people's scripture and you say, this is in it, look at this, says this one, this one says this one. That's not your da'wah. Your da'wah should be something that you mention from your, your scripture. Say, this is the truth, this is the haq, this is what Allah said, this is what the Messenger Sallallahu said, this is the truth. I, I can mention the haq without having to go to his scripture. Or even attacking his what? His scripture. And every situation differs. Okay? Every situation differs. Like in umuman, this can be very repulsive. I told you once before here, that there was a man who was giving a da'wah to another brother. For two years, he said, me and him were going back on the issue of the Bible, whether it's preserved or if it's not preserved, and how has it been distorted and changed. And this is what we've been speaking about. For two years, he said, I didn't even know about Nabi Muhammad and who he really was, and about Islam as a religion. And he didn't bring anything to him. He was only just trying to take him away from. Are we all together? He was just trying to take him away from that. I also saw a brother who said to me that he was giving a da'wah to a Christian and he was showing him how deficient the Bible is. And so do you know what that did? He said, you know what? You've proven to me that the Bible is corrupt. I'm now an atheist. I'm now what? 
Yeah, I'm an atheist. You know, I don't believe in God anymore. You've actually proven to me that. Do you see my point, brothers? So the Prophet وسلم, when he came to every people, he وسلم, he had his message. He wanted his message to be heard. And when your message is heard, it marginalizes and alienizes the other opinions and that which is weak to the side. It gets rid of it automatically. Ibn Taymiyyah mentions that in his Kitab Al-Jawab Al-Sahih, لِمَنْ بَدَّلَ دِينَ الْمَصِيحِ He categorizes the people into three. أُدْعُوا إِلَى سَبِيلِ رَبِّكَ بِالْحِكْمَةِ وَالْمَوْعِضَةِ الْحَسَنَةِ وَجَادِلْهُمْ بِالَّتِي هِيَ أَحْسَنَ Ibn Qayyim mentions in his Kitab, Hidayatul Hayara fi al-Raddi ala al-Yahudi wa al-Nasara Which is, the people are three types. أُدْعُوا إِلَى سَبِيلِ رَبِّكَ بِالْحِكْمَةِ A person who just needs wisdom and hikmah in the da'wah that you give him. He just needs hikmah. Maybe you don't even need to talk to him. Maybe you just need to have to. You just maybe you just need to pay the rent for his house, and that's the way to give him hawahakada hikmah. Ibn al-Qayyim mentions this, and then he asked a question. What? And the Prophet did that with some people. والسلام, a group of people came to Islam because he just gave them. The second one is walmawira. Another person just needs a reminder. Just a reminder. You know, you're one day gonna die. You're going to be questioned, Imam Allah Ta'ala. You're not alone in that. We're all going to be questioned. We just need to ask ourselves, how are we going to meet Allah? What are we going to do when we meet Him? And you put this to the person. Mu'idha, a reminder. So the second one is hikmah and mu'idha. And the third one is, wajadilhum billati ahsan. Is the one you argue with. This one is a stubborn one, hard-headed one. You couldn't do your da'wah because he's always there. So what you have to do is maybe re- debate with him to, get, to move him out of the place. But imagine if your whole entire people that you're dealing with, all of them become one. Everyone is You debate with everybody. This goes against the ayah. The second type of mawquf is al-mawquf al-fi'li. Al-mawquf al-fi'li is, uh, it's the action of a companion. It's the action of a companion. Al-Imam al-Bukhari, he said, وَأَمَّا ابْنُ عَبَّاسٍ بِمَا وَأَمَّا ابْنُ عَبَّاسٍ مُتَيَمِّمْ Ibn Abbas, he led the salah as a mutammimin, a person who is a what? He had tayammum. Ibn Abbas led a people as a person who did tayammum. Ibn Abbas didn't, do, didn't use water for wudu. Or a ghusl. What he used? He used tayammum. He did tayammum. He used the earth, sand. This action is a good thing for us. Now we know that a person who did tayammum can lead a people who have wudu from water. Huh? No jais, that's permissible. This is fi'l sahabi It's an action of a companion. And number three is the statement of a tabi'i saying that a companion in his presence, this was done, and he didn't reject it. This is called a mawquf taqriri. A tabi'i says that فَعَلْتُ كَذَا بِحَضْرَةِ فُلَانٍ مِّنَ الصَّحَابَةِ وَلَمْ يُنْكِرْ عَلَيَّ I did this, this, this in the presence of the companion so-and-so, and he didn't reject my action. This is called a mawquf taqriri. I want to bring a benefit to the, a benefit here as well, which is if a sahabi says 
من السنة كذا وكذا if a Sahabi says from the Sunnah is this, 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 this. If a Sahabi says من السنة كذا وكذا from the Sunnah is this, 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 this. The scholars, or if he says كنا على أهد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم نفعل كذا وكذا or at the time of the Prophet we used to do this, 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 this. If a Sahabi says that, it is marfu'ah. Are we all together? If a Sahabi says, from the Sunnah is this, marfu'ah. Even though he didn't say the Prophet said it, or the Prophet did it, or the Prophet consented to it, you know, he, he said, from the Sunnah is this. Marfu'ah. Or if he says, if a Sahabi says, we used to do this in the time of the Prophet Again, this is a what? It's marfu'ah. Or if a sahabi says, He says something that cannot have occurred from independent reasoning. Sahabi says something that you can't really bring based on ijtihad. In other words, the sahabi, he talks about the unseen, the qabr, the yawm al-qiyamah. He talks about the unseen. We know the unseen, the only way to know the unseen is where? How do you know the unseen? Only through text. There's no one who can use his brain so much, come out with things about the akhirah and that are going to happen. صح? So if a sahabi says something about the day of judgment, that's going to happen. Or he says things that are going to happen in the grave. These are from the unseen. He must have heard it from the Prophet. We say, It is... Mawquf in the wording Because the Sahabi didn't attribute it to the Prophet But it takes the ruling It takes the ruling of a marfu' Does that make sense? If a Sahabi says Something that could have not come from ijtihad It couldn't have come from his independent reasoning Ah Sahabi couldn't It's not an issue of Ijtihad. He's talking about the unseen. He's talking about things that are in this situation. We say, even that the Sahabi didn't attribute it to the Prophet, it will take the ruling as though the Prophet said it. Because the Sahabas will not speak about that which they had no knowledge of. They wouldn't speak about the unseen. All of these things, we're going to take it in more discussions back and forth amongst the. This is Bayquniya, it's a beginning book, right? We don't mention this opinion and there's another opinion and there's, there's discussions. That's why you have to study it in other books. So we have uh, sometimes tafsir of verses of the Qur'an where sometimes there are individuals who will bring a view regarding an ayah. For example, they will say this This was Muawiyah and Ali. And ayat like that. It's referring to Ali and Muawiyah. 
these tafasir, when you look and you go back to them, they have no references in the books of the Ahimmatu Sunnah. They are generally borrowed from the books of the Shia and their likes. the misguided groups. They are not mentioned in the books like Ibn Jarir al-Tabari's Tafsir al-Bil-Ma'thur or Ibn Abi Hatim or Al-Mabaghawi or Ibn Kathirin or others. And if they do mention it, they mention it as a side point as though this is a strange Tafsir. Like you won't tend to find the scholars of Ahl Sunnah do that. Are we all together? And there are Tafsir books that have strange statements like that. Like the tafsir of Zamakhshari in his Kitab al Kashaf, things like Gharib, Jiddan, they have. No. Ah. You're right, you, there's, a, there's, a, there's a benefit that you mentioned, Jazakallah khairan, which is Barakallahu feek. The issue of the Sahabi. The Sahabi, if he speaks about an issue based on the ghaybiyat, the unseen, okay? Okay, I don't know how this slipped my mind. If a Sahabi speaks about something from the unseen, and we, he can never have got to this based on ijtihad, generally we accept it. And we say this, of course we're going to accept it, and we're not only going to accept it, we're going to say it's equivalent in terms of hujjah as the statement of the Prophet Because we're trying to say this is taken from the Prophet. Lakin, if a sahabi is known to have taken from the Israeliyat, we don't take it as a marfu'ah. He's an exception in this principle. And from them is Abdullah ibn Amr ibn As. Abdullah ibn Amr ibn As, the day of Khaybar, when the Prophet ﷺ, spoils of war were being given out. Abdullah ibn Amr ibn As, he, he didn't want spoils of war. He just wanted two baskets of notes that were written on the scripture of the people, uh, the Jews. That was in Medina. So he said, can I have that please? And he left with those two baskets of scriptures and notes and papers and everything. He wanted to, he wanted to read that. And so sometimes Abdullah ibn Amr ibn As, he will speak about things that he took from there. Which is from the unseen. Are we all together brothers? So he's one we can't say it's like he took it from the Prophet because we can see that he's read it from where? From the Israeliyat. So he's an exception. And all scholars generally mention that. Like in the other Sahabas who didn't do that, nor were they known to do that. They were not known to do that. If they speak about things which are from the unseen and they discuss it, Sahabi, and he doesn't say, Rasulullah told me, and he just talks about it normally, we will give it um, uh, marfu' as though the Prophet did this action or the Prophet said it. Naam. The author now says, وَمُرْسَلٌ مِّنْهُ الصَّحَابِيُّ سَقَطْ وَقُلْ غَرِيبُ مَا رَوَى رَاوٍ فَقَطْ وَمُرْسَلُ الصَّحَابِي we're now going to go into Mursal. Mursal, it is when a tabi'i, a tabi'i is a student of a companion, when he says, Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, when the Prophet, the Prophet said. Mursal is when a tabi'i says, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, or the Prophet did this. 
is well, a tabi'i says the Prophet said this or the Prophet did this. This is an issue, right? It's an issue here. Because a tabi'i did not meet who? He didn't meet the Prophet He didn't. Uh, why don't we just accept the tabi'i here? I have a question. Why don't we just accept the tabi'i and say, look, this tabi'i is a student of a companion. We know who's missing most likely is a companion. And the Sahabas are all reliable. What's mishkila? Eh? Why don't we just accept it? If a tabi'i says, Qala Rasulullah sallallahu and the person who's missing is a Sahabi. Because the tabi'i took knowledge from who? He took knowledge from a Sahabi. That's why, that's why he's a tabi'i. Why don't we just accept it? Yes. We know there's a possibility he could have taken it from another tabi'i. And then if it's another tabi'i, we want to know who it is. Is he reliable? Is he integrity? Is he memory? There's questions we want to ask. Does that make sense? Like in here in a discussion, a long, a long lengthy discussion happened with... Um, so let me bring this point back and then once we understand this point, we're going to understand the whole discussion greatly inshallah ta'ala. So when a tabi'i says, this is a tabi'i, He says, Qala Rasulullah. So we have Rasulullah here. And we have a Sahabi. Now, Tabi'i narrates from a Sahabi who took it from the Prophet. Ali, salatu the scholars, they said, the reason why when a Sahabi goes to the Prophet directly, we don't accept it and it's, a, it's considered to be disconnected is because it could be a possibility that he heard from a what? Another? A tabi. There's that possibility. So in that situation, if it, there's a possibility it could be another tabi'i, there's a weakness that could be here because this tabi'i, we want to know who it is. So he has to state it. Like there's one individual who there became a long discussion regarding him. Sa'id ibn Musayyab. Sa'id ibn Musayyab, it was found, and this is just to make it easy for you to understand, but it's not accurate. It was found that he narrated from the Sahabas 99.9%. He just took it from a Sahabi. And even the times when Sa'id ibn al-Musayyab said, Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa it turned out all to be what? The person who was missing was a companion. Or it was connected. All of his Qala Rasulullah was connected. Huh? I mean, the majority of it was connected. Let's make it. Shafi'i said all of it is connected. But let's say the overwhelming majority of it is connected. Do we give him an, a specific ruling? Because remember, the chances of him taking from another tabi'i is really reduced now. Greatly reduced. 
Sayyid Musayyib says, Qala Rasulullah, you know 99.9% it could be a what? A Sahabi. Does that change anything or does it not change anything? Huh? This is where the pull and push came from. And that's why scholars, they bring this whole discussion into place. Does he get any different? Does that number of percent, 99.9% for instance, or that high level? Because remember, the tabi'een are not all the same. There's, there's the tabi'i which is kibaru tabi'in, and there's the sigar, the senior and the young ones. What are the senior tabi'in? They're the ones who the overwhelming majority of their teachers are sahaba. Imagine he's got 100 teachers, and 90 of them are sahabi. He's min kibaru sahaba, uh, tabi'in. But if he's got uh, 100 teachers and 90 of them are other tabi'in, but 10 of them are sahabas, he's what? Or if he's got 100 narrations, sorry, 100 narrations, and those 100 narrations, 90 of those narrations, he's taking it from another peer of his, another tabi'if of his. And he only took 10 from the companion to the Prophet ﷺ. He's from the sigar. Or if he's got 100 narrations, and he took 90 of them, from a Sahabi to the Prophet, and only 10 he took it from the Tabi'in, he's from the Kibar. Sa'id ibn Musayyib is considered to be from the Kibar. Az-Zuhri is from the Sigar. Muhammad ibn Shihab Az-Zuhri, he's from the Sigar al-Tabi'in. He's the young ones, very little. Sah? And Abu Hanifa has disputed whether he's from the, there's a dispute whether he's from the Tabi'in. Some say he is, and some say he's not. Yeah, so this now becomes da'if, based on that uh, premise. Like this tabi'i didn't meet the Prophet, and we call that disconnection. And if a hadith is disconnected, it misses one of the five conditions of authenticity, sah? It's missing one of the conditions. What was the first condition that we had to have? Ittisal al-Sanad, the chain had to be connected. There's disconnection. Like in Sa'id ibn al-Musayyab is another discussion. We will leave that for the um, uh, other books of Mustalah, inshallah, that we're going to study. But what I do encourage is that you study these tabi'een. What you do is you write a chart and you put the To be honest, I only wrote sigar and kibar. But it's actually mutawassitin, those are in the middle. Who 50 50. Sahaba's 50 this time. Yeah, he did, they say, yeah. So if he was. He's very close to have close to taken from the Sahabas like that. And at least Sayyid Musayyib's time, he was at the time of Umar Umar ibn Khattab, and he was early stage of Islam after the Prophet died. So they say, If you saw the Sahabas you could take from them, would you go to a tabi'i and take from a tabi'i? Sayyid Musayyib lived at the time when the Umar and Uthman and Ali ibn Abi Talib and others were alive. Would you go to another tabi'i and take from them? No, no, they won't. So there's a long argument for Sa'id al Musayyib and the discussion regarding him. We'll mention that, inshallah ta'ala, in the Ikhtisar uh, Ulum al Hadith, at least, we'll mention it. We did mention it a bit more there, but this is enough for now, inshallah.
There's another thing that I wanted to mention, I kind of touched on it, which is another thing called Mursal al-Sahabi. A Sahabi narrating from another Sahabi is Mursal as well. For a situation, he wasn't there. Does that make sense? It's still called a Mursal. Like what I just mentioned, Abdullah ibn Abbas talking about this, the, the, uh, the uh, revelation, the descending of the revelation. Ibn Abbas wasn't there. We know he wasn't there. Abu Huraira, for example. Abu Huraira, how old was he? How, how many years was he with the Prophet? Abu Huraira was only with the Prophet for four years. Did you guys know that? Abu Huraira was only with the Prophet for four years. Four years, this. And he narrated all of those narrations. Did he all, was he all there for all of them? Nah. Abu Huraira took a lot of them from the other companions. He noted it down from everyone. The ones that were there, he would ask me, you were there? Okay, tell me. You were there as well? Tell me. You were there? So we know situations that Abu Huraira spoke about. And he narrated about, and he was not what? He didn't come. Abu Huraira came from Yemen. Is from the people of Dos. The Sahabi that brought him into Islam was Tufayl ibn Amr in Dosi. Tufayl went and gave da'wah to Abu Huraira, and Abu Huraira came like that. Are you there? Some scholars they say before the Fatah Makkah, and some say after Fatah Makkah. Are we all together? Abu Huraira is a lot of hadiths of his, a lot. They are Mursal, Marasil. Mursal. Lakin the Mursal al-Sahabi is accepted. Because he's narrating from a what? Another Sahabi. Sah? And the reasons why a Sahabi would narrate from another Sahabi is Imma Sigaru Sinnihi. He's young in age. Or he took Islam late. Or he was absent from that particular event. And the Sahabas were always hungry for knowledge. And one of the clearest evidence that the Sahabas narrated from one another was the famous hadith of Umar radiallahu anhu. The famous hadith of Umar radiallahu anhu when he said, There was a neighbor I had from the people of Ansar. He would one day go to the Prophet to take knowledge from him. And one day I would go to the Prophet and take the narrations from him and the knowledge. And if he, the day he went and took from the Prophet, he would come back and he would inform me of what the Prophet said. And the day I went and I came back, I would, I would educate him in what I saw the Prophet say that day. So they're narrating from each other, right? So this is called Mursal al-Sahabi. Bayquni did a mistake here. What did he say? He said, وَمُرْسَلٌ مِّنْهُ الصَّحَابِيٌّ سَقَطْ He said, a mursal is the one that the sahabi is missing. If we knew the sahabi was missing, we would have accepted it. صح? He said, the mursal is the one that the sahabi is missing. No, it's not the one that the sahabi is missing. It's the one that the tabi is also missing as well. Because if we knew that what was missing was a sahabi, then the mursal would be hujjah, we'll take it. It's just that we're not sure what is missing as a companion. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? Yeah? Ha. So a corrected version would look like, Sakat, 
I think that would be a better version if it was changed, Bayquni. That line would be changed. Which is Wamursalun Aymursal is Mifauki Tabi'in Sakat. Above the Tabi'i, there's somebody missing. Huh? So it can be what? A sahabi or a tabi'i, whichever is missing. No, no, everybody has to memorize Bayquni as it is. But when you do sharah, you correct it like that. We don't change books based on mistakes that we see. Even if an imam does a mistake in the book, min babi you never touch his words. His words are always there. No one tampers with his words. What you do is you mention the corrected version of it here. And so you memorize the Bayquni version and then you mention a, what, what you think is correct. Uh, what are you going to say? Abdurrahman said this? And change it with it? And leave the statement of an imam? No, 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 you don't. You leave the statement of the author and the great imam, and at the bottom you just correct the mistake. The author now goes into what is known as al-gharib. Al-gharib. Gharib is one of the types of ahad. You see, hadith, it reached us in uh, two ways, right? The hadith, when it reached us, it reached us in one of two ways. It's either mutawatir, and the mutawatir, by the way, is mutawatir uh, lafzi and ma'nawi. We won't go into that because the author didn't mention it. And there's another type of how the hadith reached us, which is al-ahad. And in the ahad, there's mashur, uh, aziz, and there's also what? Gharib. We already took aziz, right? So we took it. And we took Mashur, right? So we've taken two types of Ahad. Now the author goes into the third type of Ahad, which is Gharib. And Gharib is when one person narrates it. Aziz is when two people narrate it. And Mashur is when three to how much? We said ten, right? I mean, it's not a hundred percent agreed upon. But when three or up to ten people narrate the chain, it's called mashhur when two people in the chain is aziz and one person in the chain is gharib gharib is also known as al-fard it's a synonym of it you can call it gharib and you can call it al-fard i'm a fard okay same it's a synonym of one another and another a great example for that is example of fard is the famous hadith of Who narrated from the Prophet? Umar anhu. So you say Umar ibn al-Khattab Who narrated from Umar? You say Al-Qamah Who narrated from Al-Qamah? Um, Muhammad ibn Ibrahim Al-Taymi And then Yahya 
ابن سعيد الانصاري from here so this is all the people that narrated it عمر رضي الله عنه and then Alqama bin Abi Waqas al-Layfi and Muhammad Ibrahim al-Taymi and Yahya bin Sa'id al-Ansari and then from here Abdullah Mubarak al-Awza'i Yahya bin Sa'id Abdullah bin Zubair all of these it became 200 people narrated from here but it's and it's the hadith إنما الأعمال بنيات وإنما لكل مرئ ما نوى فمن كانت هجرته إلى الله ورسوله فهجرته إلى الله ورسوله ومن كانت هجرته لدنيا يصيبها وامرأة ينكحها فهجرته إلى ما هاجر إليه Bukhari narrated in six places in his Sahih how many places? Six places. And it's the first hadith that he started his sahih with, صح? It did. So, this hadith, wherever you look for إِنَّمَا الْعَمَالُ بِنِيَاتِ No other companion narrated it from the Prophet. Never. It's one of those ones, if you do a mistake, you say, أَنَا بِهُرَيْرَةَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنُهُ Yeah, what do you do? It's wrong. Can't get it wrong. So the second one is عَلْقَمَ بِنُ بِوْقَاسَ أَلَّيْثِي who narrated from Umar ibn al-Khattab, right? Al-Qama. No one else narrated this from Al-Qama. Umar other than Al-Qama. And no one else narrated it from Al-Qama other than Muhammad ibn Ibrahim al-Taymi. No one else. You're never going to find anyone else in that. And you're never going to find anyone else that narrated from Muhammad ibn Ibrahim al-Taymi other than Yahya Sa'id al-Ansari. No hadith book has anything other than this version. That's why it's called Gharib. But from Yahya Sa'id al-Ansari, it just became... Now, if you look at what I said, it's different from what some of you guys are probably thinking. Some of you are thinking that I just said right now, which I didn't say, that the only person who heard it from Umar is Al-Qama ibn Abu Waqas al Layfi, And I didn't say that. Farq Because when Umar narrated this hadith, he narrated it, he was on the pulpit. So many people heard it. But what we say is we don't have anyone who narrated it other than Al-Qama. Al-Qama chose to narrate it. Huh? Are we all together? And if I can get a benefit out of this is that the benefit I can get out of this is not every single body is going to convey what they know. Huh? It's little those who convey. Who, huh? It's little. I mean, I've seen brothers who graduated from the prestigious University of Medina and graduated and got qualifications. And some of them in the UK are just bus drivers. They don't want to do da'wah. They don't want to. To be honest, if I actually said this to you, there are more students who graduated from these universities, that and many other universities, that are not teaching than the ones who are actually teaching. According to my small statistics, or people I have seen. I've, seen, I've come across more people who've graduated from universities with Islamic qualifications who choose not to teach for whatever reason, whether it be acceptable or not. That's not what I'm... It might be a reason for them or not. It could be a possibility. But I'm saying that it really makes you understand that subhanAllah, not everyone is what? Not everyone is... is like that. Did you guys know... I just... I mean, bad... Ijab, did you guys know that one of the teachers of one of the teachers of Ibn al-Qayyim was Ibn Taymiyyah's brother? Who knew that? Put your hand up, be honest. Abdullah ibn Ahmad ibn Abdul Halim ibn Abdul Salam ibn Taymiyyah. Ibn Taymiyyah's brother 
it was a teacher of Ibn al-Qayyim. Do you guys even know that Ibn Taymiyyah had a brother who was a scholar? And who? Ibn Taymiyyah's family, aailatu kulluhum, were ulama. Scholars, all of them. His brothers, his father, his granddad, is, you guys know he's the granddad, right? He's the author of the Kitab al-Muntaqa that Shokani explained, Ibn Taymiyyah's granddad. Great Hanbali Imam. But this, Ibn Abdul Hadi said something very amazing. He said, فَغَطَّتْ نُورُ ibn تَيْمِيَ Ibn Taymiyyah's light made everyone's light dark. Like when he came, it, his brother and his siblings and everything just became the, the darkness, even though they themselves are ulama. You get it? And sometimes you look at Ibn Taymiyyah at his time, you know, there were great imams that lived there. Abu Hajjaj al-Mizi was alive at that time. What do you call it? Who knows Abu Hajjaj al-Mizi? Who's heard of that name? Few, you see. Who's heard of Ibn Taymiyyah? Put your hand up. I'm guessing every, oh, you all heard of Ibn Taymiyyah, right? Okay, uh, then when, when you ask people who've heard of Dhahabi, students of knowledge will say, yeah. What about Ibn Kathir? A lot of people will say, okay. What about uh, Ibn Abdul Hadi? Few hands. Uh, what about Alamuddin al Barzali? None. Or oh, one or two. You see, these were Imams, Imams in their own way. Ibn Daqiq al Eid. These were all lived at the same time, in the same era, in the same moment. Like in what Ibn Taymiyyah was unique, I personally see it was a unique thing was his, of his is that he just, Rahimahullah, Nashrul ilm, spreading everything, whether it be kitabatan, wa iqra'an, wa ta'leeman, all of it. Are we all together? Ibn Taymiyyah was not as strong in hadith as Abu al-Hajjaj al-Mizi. Ibn Taymiyyah used to read on Abu al-Hajjaj al-Mizi. Are we all together, brothers? Like in nothing, the praise that has been put on Ibn Taymiyyah and what was said about him, rahimahullah ta'ala, I don't know any praise more, more befitting for him than what was said about him. فَهُوَ قُبَّةٌ مُلِئَ كُتُبًا He was like a, a masjid like that with the dome filled with books and it was given a tongue and it was just talking. Like in terms of his knowledge. So what you see from him is that he spread everything he knew and what he understood and what he comprehended. Are we all together? And he said what he believed was the truth and the haqq. So some people loved him for that and they praised him and they became close to him and admired him. And some people didn't. Or a lot of people didn't. صح? But which one remained now for the ummah? صح? Ibn Taymiyyah. You know there was a time Ibn Taymiyyah's works were buried. They were illegal products. You couldn't have them. You, no one was allowed. The students, they buried his works. When he, because he died in prison, right? Rahimahullah. So he was imprisoned. You can't have a fugitive's works. It was buried. Buried under the earth. People kept it under the earth. No one was allowed to bring it out. As soon as that moment came where people could, they all brought it out. And it was copied and it was published and it was... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with sincerity and ikhlas, with honesty and truthfulness in your message... It will spread. Whoever likes it can like it, and whoever hates it can hate it. 
So anyways, Umar radiallahu anhu, even that though he narrated on the pulpits, but no one else came about except Al-Qama and Muhammad Ibrahim al-Taymi and Yahya bin Sa'id al-Ansari. And from here it became 200. This hadith is called Gharib. Gharib. Scholars call it Gharib. Strange, right? It's actually strange. But it doesn't mean it's weak. Okay, it doesn't mean it's weak. And of course, you all know I wouldn't, there's no need for me to talk about whether the Ahad is a proof or is it not. Can we take it in Aqid? We, we spoke about that, right? In great details in our Aqidah series. Uh, and just as a side benefit, this whole concept of how did the hadith reach us, how many people narrated it, okay, this is actually questionable whether I can take it or not, this was not something known by the Salaf. Sah? Number of people who transmitted this hadith to you, whether you need to accept it or not, laysa min ali Salaf. This was never the Salaf their way. Can I not ask, I'll ask you guys a question. Sometimes don't you have one person who's so reliable, you trust them, you really look up to them, that if 10 people were to tell you something, if he was to tell you something, you trust him over those 10 people. Sah? Is it not? Are we all together? So it's not necessarily numbered. And making the focus point only number goes against our day-to-day dealings. Sah? Our what? Our day-to-day dealings, we don't. We sometimes trust less in number over more in number. So we do that. And sometimes we base our acceptance of things based on number, without a doubt. Ah. Which one? Uh, oh, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we look at it from those tabaqah, those three noble generations, that's what we look at. We look at it from those three generations. How, how long do we have left? Yeah? Half an hour. Half an hour. The author then says, Rahimullah, Wakulu Malam Yatasil Bihali is Nadu Munkatiul Ausali. Wakulu Malam Yatasil Bihali. Any hadith that's not connected is called Munkatir. Now you're learning something called Munkatir. When a hadith is disconnected, what do you call it? You call it Munkatir. Munkatir. A Munkatir is a hadith that's disconnected. Now, I, I'm going to quickly mention to you guys how many types of disconnection there are. How many disconnections there? How many disconnections uh, there are? Multitude narration is when it comes through a mass transmission. Large number of people narrated. Okay, let me mention something here. Um, the hadith is either maqbool or it's mardud. Sah? A hadith is either maqbool or it's mardud. Maqbool means it's, it's accepted and mardud means it's rejected. Sah? We accept this hadith or reject this hadith. Ah. The hadith that's rejected, rejected hadith, the rejected hadith 
it's rejected because it has two problems. Okay? Number one is Saqtun Fisanad. The chain of narration is disconnected. Ama Ta'anun Fi Ta'anu Firrawi. The disconnection of the narrator can be one of two. Zahir and Khafi. Zahir means apparent disconnection and Khafi is a hidden disconnection. The Zahir is four types. It's how many types? Four types. Munqata. Mu'dal. Mursal. Mu'allaq. The khafi is two types. Mudallas. And Mursal Al Mursal Al Khafi Al Mursal Al Khafi If you actually remember this is very good. The disconnection of the chain of a hadith. Remember one of the five conditions that we mentioned for the hadith is what? Itisalu Senad. One second, one second. Okay. Remember when we said hadith which is sahih, it had five conditions, right? Yeah? Are, are you all with me, brothers? Ha. The first one is Itisal Salad. The second one is what? Babdur Ruwad, sah? The third one is Adalatul Ruwad. And the second, Adabu, Shuzud, and Adamu, Adamu Illa. Ponder here. The chain of narration is connected. This one deals with the issue of chain of narration. So this one right now is the issue of the issue of chain of narration. So it's that one. This is the issue of Ta'an. A criticism on the narrator and the criticism of the narrator. So I'm going to take this and put it here, okay? So, 
في الراوي is two types um, ضبط العدالة which is these two this is the issue of the first type and this is the second type the second type you it's a criticism of the adala, the precision of the narrator. And from here comes five things. And the adala of the narrator is five as well. In here is adala of the narrator. And the adala of the narrator is muttahamun bil kadibi kadibun fisqun bid'atun jahala. Like he's, he lies. He's suspected to lie. The difference between he lies and he's suspected to lie is that he lies means he clearly lies about the Prophet. He suspects to lie means he lies in his normal conversations, but he's never been caught to be lying about the Prophet. Fisq, a fasiq. He either drinks khamar or whatnot, or he does zina publicly and whatnot. Number four is a mubtadi', an innovator. And the fifth one is a uh, it's a Majhul, uh, someone who don't know These five are adala And then here you've got Su'ul hifdi Someone's memorization is bad Su'ul uh, hifd His memory is bad He's got bad memorization Fuhshul ghalat Kathratul awham and from the مخالفة many categorization come out of it. Anyways, this is not, by the way, Baykunia. So there's no need for me to mention all of this. All of this is studied and taken in the second book, Nukhbatul Fikr. Wait now. There's something I want to show. Remember the five conditions that we mentioned for the hadith. We said that the chain of narration needs to be what? Connected. The disconnection of the chain can happen in these two ways. It's either apparent and it's hidden. Okay? It's apparent or it's what? It's hidden. And if it's apparent, the first one is munqata'. Munqata'a means dis disconnection. Any mere disconnection is munqata'. The author is going to mention, He's going to bring it for us. Mu'dal is when two people next to each other are both dropped out. Two people next to each other are dropped out. Or are missing from the chain. Mursal we just took. Mu'allaq we're going to take. Mu'allaq is when the imam himself takes out his own shaykh that he narrated from. He doesn't mention his teacher. We're going to mention each one. This is what we're going to do now. And then we're going to do this one, inshaAllah ta'ala. We've already done this one. And we're going to do this one later. Okay? And we're going to do this one as well. It's going to come. The mudallas. Uh, the mursal khafi, he doesn't speak about it here too much. Or he doesn't even speak about it. No, I think so, yeah. He doesn't. So what does munqati' mean? Munqati' means the disconnection of the hadith. This means disconnection. Munqati' is a disconnection. Can I rub this off? Because I need to show you guys. Okay, I'm going to rub, rub it off. Okay. Um, what did I mention before? Umar, the, Umar, who did Umar, who did Umar heard from Umar Al-Qama? 
محمد بن ابراهيم عن يحيى بن سعيد الانصاري عمر بن الخطاب علقمه بن ابي وقاص الليثي محمد بن ابراهيم التيمي سعيد بن سعيد بن يحيى سعيد الانصاري. Let's say he's missing. This hadith called what? منقطع. One random person is missing. This is called منقطع. Disconnection. يحيى سعيد الانصاري has narrated from علقمه. There's a disconnection. These people didn't narrate from one another. This person is missing. This is called munqati' it's disconnected. What is mu'dal? Mu'dal is Oh yeah, let me just mention one person. Okay. Good. Mu'dal is what? Mu'dal is when two people are missing. So let's say Yahya Sa'id al-Ansari is missing and Muhammad Ibrahim al-Taymi is missing. Sah? They're next to each other, they're missing. If this is missing, and then this is missing, this is not called Mu'dal. This is called Munqat'un. So if this person is missing, and this person is missing, it's called Munqat'un. It can't be called Mu'dal. Even though there are two people missing, but they're next to, you have to be next to each other. So Yahya Sa'id al-Ansari and Muhammad Ibrahim are both missing. Or, Muhammad Ibrahim and Alqama are missing. Or Alqama ibn Abi Waqas and Laythan Umar ibn Khattab are missing. Or Humaydi Abdullah ibn Zubair and Yahya ibn Sa'id Ansari are missing. It has to be two people next to each other. It can be fi ayy tabaqa min tabaqat al-sanad. It can be in any part of the chain. Just two people. That's Mu'dal. Mursal is when Muhammad ibn Ibrahim al-Taymi or Alqama, sorry. Alqama, by the way, is disputed whether he's a companion aslan. There's a khilaf. Half of the mentions in Fatul Bari. So, forget this one. If Al-Qama is a Sahabi, there's two companions and two Tabi'in. And if Al-Qama is not a Sahabi, and that's the opinion that's strong, then it will be uh, one Sahabi and three Tabi'in. So these three are Tabi'in. Okay? Mursal means what? Any of these... Mursal means when a tabi'i like Muhammad ibn Ibrahim al-Taymi or Al-Qama ibn Abi Waqas say, Qala Rasulullah, the Prophet said. Okay, this is called Mursal. Mu'allaq is what? Bukhari, by the way, is here. This is Bukhari. Bukhari says, An Yahya ibn Sa'id al-Ansari. Bukhari drops out his teacher here, Humaydi Abdul Jubair. This is called Mu'allaq. Bukhari jumps to Yahya Sa'id al-Ansari and he misses Al-Humaydi Abdullah ibn Zubair. Are we all together, brothers? Am I making sense, no? Okay, I'm now going to ask you a tricky question. See if you guys understood what I'm saying. Some of you guys haven't understood. Mu'allaq is when Bukhari drops out his teacher. This is his teacher. And he jumps straight away to Yahya Sa'id al-Ansari. I now have a tricky question. 
if Bukhari says if he, Bukhari jumps to Yahya Musa'id al-Ansari what's it called? Mu'allak, right? Huh? It's called Mu'allak, right? What about if Bukhari was to jump to Muhammad Ibrahim al-Taymi? What, what's that called? He didn't jump to Yahya Musa'id al-Ansari he jumped to Muhammad Ibrahim al-Taymi. So he went to Muhammad Ibrahim al-Taymi. What's that called? Here. If he goes here. Yeah? Hey, put your hand up if you know it. Hey, fadl. What is it? It's called Mu'dal. Why do you say Mu'dal? Because Humaydi and Yahya Musa'id al-Ansari are missing. What else is it called? Yeah? It's also called Mu'allaq because the Sheikh is missing. His teacher. He didn't mention his teacher as well. So it's Mu'dal and it's also Mu'allaq. Because Bukhari didn't mention his teacher, right? Are we all together? Okay, what about if Yahya ibn Sa'id al-Ansari says an Umar radiallahu anhu? It's two things. I know you guys are going to mention one, but you're not going to, it's going to be struggling to mention the other one. It's a tricky thing. Yahya ibn Sa'id al-Ansari, he says an Umar ibn al-Khattab. I believe the person who answers this question should be given a gift. Yeah? Mu'dal and Mursal. Allahumma barik. Jazakallah khairan. MashaAllah. He said Mu'dal because two people are missing. I knew you guys would say that. Like Mursal because he's a tabi'i. Yahamis Aid Ansari. And if he says to the Prophet, straight away it becomes what? Did I say to Umar or did I say to the Prophet? I meant to the Prophet. I meant to the Prophet. Yeah. So it becomes Mursal. So it's Mu'dalun Mursalun. Mm-hmm. So it can be a multiple number of those at the same time. You have to know that. It can be a number of those, okay? It can be a number of uh, those. So we've taken that now. Anything that's not connected, what's it? Isnaduhu munqati'ul awsali. It's called mu'a. Munqati'. Good, I have another question. Good. Bukhari says, Yahya Sa'id al-Ansari said, what's that called? Mu'alaq. What is it also called? It's also called Munqati'. Every single type of disconnection is called Munqati'. Are we all together? Munqati' is all of the three types. But why did we write it there if it's all those three types? Because there can come a form of munqati' that is neither of the three. Like if Muhammad Ibrahim randomly is missing by himself. And Yahya Sa'id Ansari jumps to Al-Qam Ibn Abu Qasir al It's only munqati', it's not mursal, it's not mu'alaq, it's not mu'dal, it's only munqati'. So munqati' is more of a general word. They all are munqati', but they are not. Every munqati' is not mu'dal, nor is it mursal, nor is it mu'alaq. Does that make sense? Because munqati' can happen in the middle of the chain of narration. Okay? And by the way, brothers, you have to, um, I have to say this to you, which is, these terms are general usage. When you go to the books, you tend to find scholars using the mu'dal as the munqati' and the munqati' as the mu'dal. Some people are loose in their terms, right? This is just for you to have a general understanding. Scholars, brothers, 
the scholars, they sometimes take a word and they, they, they make their own thing out of it. Are we all together? We all know Hafiz Mahaj has a kitab called Bulughul Maram, right? Hafiz Mahaj in his Bulughul Maram, he coined terms and things for his own book. وَقَدْ بَيَّنْتُ عَاقِبَ كُلِّ حَدِيثٍ مَنْ أَخْرَجَهُ مِنَ الْأَيْمَةِ لِإِرَادَةِ نُصْحِ الْأُمَّةِ فَالْمُرَادُ بِالسَّبْعَةِ الْأَحْمَدُ وَالْبُخَارِ وَمُسْلِمَ بِدَاوُدُ وَالْتِرْمِذِ وَالْمَاجِعِ وَالنَّسَائِ Seven, I mean by this. وَالسَّبْعَةُ مَنْ عَدَى أَحْمَدُ This is his own usage. I mean, وَالسِّتَّةَ and سَبْعَةَ and خَمْسَةَ and أَرْبَعَةَ and ثَلَاثَةَ when we hear al-mutafaqu, al-mutafaqu alayh, what do you understand from it? So you hear the word mutafaqu alayh, mutafaqun alayh, sah? Mutafaqun alayh, when you hear that, what do you understand from it? Bukhari and Muslim, right? Ha, like when you go to al-muntaqa by Ibn Taymi's granddad, no, it's Bukhari and Muslim and Ahmed ibn Hanbal. Keep that in mind. You see my point, brothers? So as a student of knowledge, there's always a general usage that there are out there that's being used, but sometimes don't force that onto every single book you read. Like that's what they mean, because that's how the science is. No, some people can change from that. Does that make sense, brothers? And we live in an era like that, where people are coming with. Well, this is what I studied in my book when I was studying my years. But every person you're talking about, you need to kind of study them as well. They might have tweaks of things and that. And one of the best things to know that is by getting these university uh, dissertations that are done. It's very good to buy those books. Manhaj ibn Hajarin fi tasheeh al-hadithi wa tadhaifi mathalan. Buy those books. They give you a manhaj of the imam. Saves you a lot of time. Somebody does a research on a particular individual. No one, just him. Follows him up. And that's the way to know. So next week we're going to carry on from Oh, let's mention it. We've got five minutes. We can do it in that five minutes. We can do it in that five minutes. Insha'Allah ta'ala. The author, rahimahullah, he says, We've spoken about what a mudallis is, right? It's over here. A mudallis... By the way, brothers, it's a form of disconnection which is hidden. It's hard to distinguish. Like, it's hard to tell. It's not easy for the eye to catch it. The mudallas, brothers, the author mentioned only two, but there are more than two. Because he says, well, Like, it's more than that. Write this down. The tadlis is three types. There are more than three, by the way, but these are the main ones that you need to know. If you want to understand Tadlis, which is this one, these are the three that you should try to understand. So the first one is Tadlis al Tasweeah. Number two, 
تدريس الإسناد And the third one is Tadlis Ashuf Tadlis Ashuf Those are the three types we're going to take Let's go over each one Tadlis Ashuf So the first one is called Tadlisu Teswia. From their name you can actually see Tadlisu Teswia is a person who's actually he's straightening up and he's kind of taking a crease out of the chain. Teswia means when somebody uh, makes something flattens and he straightens something from the little creases that are in there. This individual is a mudallis. So what does he do? He narrates from his sheikh. From his teacher, he narrates. Okay. So he wouldn't drop out his teacher. From someone within the chain, he will drop him out. This person he drops out is a weak individual. Between two reliable people, which they both met one another. You get it? This is the hardest form of Tadlis. This is scary. This is scary. Bakiyat ibn al-Walid, he was known to do this. Remember this, this is scary. Let's say, Let's just use this example, okay? Is very strong. So, he will narrate from his teacher, for instance. And so when he narrates from him, when he narrates from him, he knows that Muhammad ibn Ibrahim al-Taymi is a weak person. Yahim Sa'id al-Ansari and Alqama both met one another as well. So he does, he gets rid of him. He uses the word an. And that's it. It's tricky, why? Because Yahim Sa'id al-Ansari is not known to be a mudallis. So if he narrates with an, you generally will accept it. And he did meet this person, so he got the thubutul liqa there. And the problem is him. And, but you, you can't see a problem because he said, Hadathani. He mentioned his teacher. This man is called, this is called, called Tedlisu Teswiya. He's organizing the chain and he's taking the creases out. He didn't lie. He's not considered a liar. This man, Baqiyat ibn al Walid, and others like that, the hadith that they narrate the scholars because they found it in, in, in him. They don't take it unless there's hadathana from the beginning to the end. That make sense? There has to be hadathana. If an falls anywhere in the Senate, they say this is, he's known to do tazwiyah. He might have taken someone out. We don't want to take that risk. Does that make sense? So from the chain beginning to the ending of that chain, there all has to be hadathana, akhbarana, anba'ana, tasrihu sama. Are you listening to me? That's the first time. Ah. Baqiyat ibn al-Walid was very good at doing that. Very good at doing that. Well, the scholars they used to say, The hadiths of Baqiyah is not naqiyah, I mean it's not pure. 
فكن على تقية be upon cautiousness from it أحاديث بقية ليست نقية فكن على تقية the hadiths of baqiyah are not pure and they're not clean so be very cautious whenever you see his name start getting start sweating and start checking the chain oh, what happened here what's taking place baqiyah is a person like that Hayya. it's true an means from so it's from yaham said alqama so is it not from him makitha he didn't lie. He just got rid of the word an. And he only goes for what? The weak person. Like he, he's, he drops out weak people. That's the problem with him again. Because there are some people who do tadlis, but they only drop out the reliable people. Does that make sense? Like in Baqiyah's issue is Mallahu bihi alim. Only Allah knows. Number two is tadlisul isnad. Tadlisul isnad. And tadlisul isnad is. A person narrates from someone he heard from that which he didn't hear from him by using the word an. So, the one I generally mention Bukhari will just say, and Yahim Sa'id al Ansari. So, Bukhari didn't meet Yahim Sa'id al Ansari, he dropped out someone, but he will use the word an. And can give that possibility, heard it from him, and that possibility that he didn't hear it from him. Okay? By the way, Bukhari doesn't do tadlis. Okay, he's not a mudallis, he doesn't drop out anyone. So even when he uses his an, it's, he uses it as a synonym of akhbarana and ba'ana hadathana. Bukhari. Like in not other imams. Sufyan al Thawri wasn't. So Sufyan al Thawri used to do tadlis. Big imams used to do tadlis. Like in Bukhari, he never used to do that. By the way, we do tadlis every day when we know to hadith. We just say, the Prophet said, but that's time that wasn't allowed. Whenever you say, Qala Rasulullah, you're a mudalis. And the hadith was da'if. You dropped out someone. You have to realize it wasn't something they intended evil from it. They're humans, they can't always be alert and say, Hadith mention the chain. Sometimes it's easier for them just to mention the Prophet's statement. But Bukhari and others to not be called Mudalis means they were Yaqil, every time ready to mention the chain. Every time they were willing to give the Hadith and the Senate and the person who they heard from, who heard from who. And by the way, these people were talking about whenever they were interrogated and they were asked, Did you drop out someone? They'll be like, Yeah. Because they're not liars. They will mention it. Did all these people hear from one another? No. Now, who did you drop out? So-and-so. Does that make sense? That's when they say, okay, he's a mudalis. They write that down. The, that, the, second, the second one was Tadlisul Isnad. I already mentioned it to you. Is that when a person drops out his teacher, the one he heard from, and he goes to someone after that with the word an or an or qala, The third one is Tadlisu Shuyukh. The third one. Tadlisu Shuyukh is that the person narrates from his teacher, but he gives his teacher a description that he's not known for. He gives his teacher, or the person who he's narrating from, 
a description that is not known for. This one doesn't drop out anyone. But he gives a description that this person is not known for. He's trying to hide something. For example, he doesn't drop out anyone. But he knows this person is weak. But he gives him a description no one ever uses it for him. And then his brother's name is called Abdurrahman. And then he says, um, uh, Abu Shu'ayb. He's got that kunya, he's had that kunya, but no one really on the world really knows it. He avoids calling him by what he's really known for. And what does he choose to do? What does he do? He uses a description or a tag or an that no one generally would know who he is. It's like people are like, who is this person? He has done the same thing as dropping someone out because he's now hidden from the people, the weak narrator. And the word tadlis, what did we say it was? He's concealing a default there. Does that make sense? Well, idalika, some people here, they say Bukhari was a mudalis from this angle. He did tadlisu ash-shuyukh. Because Bukhari, did, who, did he try, who did he do that to? Muhammad ibn Yahya Dhuhali. Well, I remember Muhammad ibn Yahya Dhuhali, they had a back and forth at each other. And Bukhari got put through a lot because of the statement of Muhammad ibn Yahya Dhuhali against him. And he was, he reached a point where Bukhari asked Allah to take his life. I mean, if life and death, or life is death, is good for me, give it to me. You see, it became very, very painful for Bukhari. Rahimahullah ta'ala. Are you there? So Muhammad ibn Yahya Dhuali took strong and in, got rid of Bukhari like that and Mubtadi'un balun mudillun jahmiyun by to Bukhari. Yeah? And a great a'imma mentioned, and I said this before, I've said this before, great imams mentioned, great imams mentioned that what was the driving force of Muhammad ibn Yahya Dhuali, his driving force was some jealousy. Some personal thing against Bukhari, personal. And wallahi, when you look at history, this is something we need to take a lesson from this, wallahi. Today, the, on the face of the earth today, we don't have one of the works of Muhammad ibn Yahya No mu'allaf mu'allafati, not one of his books. He's only mentioned in the chains of hadiths. We don't have his works. And Bukhari? He filled up the earth. Do you see my point? So it doesn't always mean what's apparent at that time in your life and what you think. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the case after your death. Are you with me? And also when something has a bad motive to it, brothers, it doesn't last. It won't last. You know what's funny? Bukhari's refutation, refutation of this whole issue is become more famous than the actual problem that was given to him. His book, Qalqa Af'ali Al-Ibad, was a refutation on this issue and how he was accused. And he wrote this book, Qalqa Af'ali Al-Ibad, two volumes where he expanded and he explained his belief on regards to the speech of Allah Azza wa Jalla. So, but he narrated some hadiths from him in his Sahih, Muslim, Bukhari. He had some of, he had some of his hadiths. Muhammad Yahya Dwali. Muhammad Yahya Dwali was strong. 
Bukhari didn't narrate from him But because there was something in his heart towards him But he needs the narrations And he needs the narrations What did Bukhari do rahimahullah ta'ala Bukhari changed his name From what, that which he's known for He changed it And gave him a different form of the name Which is his name the Narrators pointed out straight away Hafim Hajj and others pointed it out So some people say Bukhari did Tadlis And he's a Mudalis and what we say is using the word mutadlis unrestrictedly refers to not the stereotype. Tadlis al shuyukh is not the tadlis that when you use fulan is a mudalis. Tadlis al shuyukh is not the first. Tadlis al is the weakest of them. The ones that it refers to mainly is these two. Okay? Those are the two. This one is the weakest type because this person hasn't taken anyone away from you. And he hasn't removed the person out of the chain. And he hasn't. All he did was, he changed the name of a person for that which his name is in a way that you may not know. So he won't give him a kunya that he doesn't have. And that's why Bayquniya says, uh, la yusqituhu, la yusqituhu. He doesn't drop it. La yusqituhu, bima bihi he will describe him. He will mention him in a way that no one knows him as. Huh? So for example, someone would say, what, would you guys consider me tall? I'm tall, right? So they'll say, Abdul Rahman al-Tawil, the tall Abdul Rahman. I'm tall, right? Some of you guys are quiet. <laughs> so they'll give you a description that you're not known for. So everybody's like, who's this Abdul Rahman? Who, who is he? I've, ne- I've never heard of him before. And he's like, yeah, that's, that's how he is. That's how he is. So I'll conclude there, inshaAllah ta'ala. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illallah. Astaghfiruka wa atubu